Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Speck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice-monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. Please remember this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your financial advisor or investment specialist before you make any changes to your investment policy or stocks or bonds or real estate you may own. I am not an investment advisor. I am simply talking about what I'm doing in our investments for your entertainment purposes. I'm Hank for Shrink Money Advice. This is Boxing Day, December 26, 2020. The one question, if you ask a startup or an angel company, if you're, if you're an angel investor as I am, or if you uh, look at a public company, Often, most of this they should already tell you, but many of them won't give you the detail. And the question I ask is, will you please show me the numbers? And I'll use a couple examples of why this helped me understand a problem and sort of change the the comfort level I had when doing some investments recently. And uh, I'll, I'll keep it um, in a way that you won't really know who the companies are because I don't think I've talked about them here and it's not relevant. But... I want you to understand why asking this question is very important. It started some time ago when I, um, and I can't get into details on this either because it's before the the courts, but it's a, it's an organization I belong to where the um, it was discovered a theft of $2.7 million from a not-for-profit. Um, I began asking questions, including the one I'm going to talk about in a second, that basically started things to unravel. On the investment side, I recently was aware of a company that was involved in real estate investments. And as you know, if you listen to the podcast, I've been involved in real estate for over 40 years. And this company was public and was doing a private placement, and I wanted to get involved with that placement. And I had put an initial request in, and then I asked this one question, show me the numbers. Now, that's the question that's very important, whether it's show me the financial statements or show me the numbers on a specific deal. In this case, the company had got out and purchased properties, a basket of properties, in an area that um, is okay, but not exactly a growth area in my opinion, and also an area that has extremely high property taxes. It looked like they were paying well over $240,000, $250,000 per apartment for this community. Now, I already knew the rents, and i have been involved so long I can estimate all the other costs, and, and I knew right away that it was a horrible investment. But I thought I would ask for details. So a couple of things I did. I contacted the one of the apartment buildings, and I posed as a tenant, and I, I wanted to know some information. Uh, and then I said, basically, uh, that I was an investor in the company and wanted details of that building. When I contacted the CEO... Uh, via email, which is great because you have a trace, they, he indicated to me that it really wasn't anything they were comfortable sharing with me on a building-by-building building, um, breakdown of the, the numbers. Well, obviously, that's a problem. I already knew the answer. So it, it, 
it wasn't that I, he didn't get that, of course. He thought I actually needed to know the information, but I already knew the answer. They had overpaid. The cap rate was probably two in a, in a community where you you maybe would buy it at 10 cap, meaning a much cheaper building. So I was out. I said, I want my money. I, I said, I canceled that. I didn't give him any money yet, but I said, cancel my request to engage in the private placement. Uh, second situation, I was involved with as an angel investor, my wife and I, in a small startup. We had invested, uh, at that time, this was one of the earlier investments, $20,000 in this company in a startup phase. And I asked the same question. I said, uh, it was about year, it'll be year two. And this was a, an investment we had somewhat mentored or at least got a bit involved, and I knew the product, and I was excited about it. And I had continually suggested that it become more a service and a, um, you know, a systems company as opposed to what we would call a hardware or toaster. And they seemed to want to become a big toaster company. And I, I, I wasn't really interested in that anyway. But, and that's why I wanted to see the numbers. I said, now we had taken, uh, we had provided um, debt, uh, convertible debt. So technically we didn't own shares yet. But, you know, it was a small company. It's a startup. They're always getting out grants and everything. And, and so we were asking for, the, I want to see the numbers. Uh, and I was sent this email by an arrogant CEO who's now a new CEO. He's a new hire, outside CEO in the States, who said, really, basically, he's telling me it's none of my business. That's reserved for real investors or some term like that that kind of put me off. So I gave them a deadline to return our funds. I said, you have until this date to return the funds or I will do X, Y, or Z. Very quickly, I got a response from the attorney saying, uh, here's the paper to sign so we can refer, uh, return you your funds. Now, that's kind of alarming. First of all, they didn't have to give me that back, the money back. They could have just, show, they could have just you know, gave, gave me the financials, but no, they didn't want to do that. So that's another huge alarm bell that goes off, that here's a company that you know, seeks your funds, wants you to invest, wants you to, to, to buy into the situation, and then you, you ask for, for accountability and details. And, and everybody knows we're, we're used to bad news. If you're an angel investor, you're going to get bad news. Most companies are not going to make it or are going to struggle and, and so on. But the worst thing these folks can do is, is lie or hide behind some statute that says they don't have to share the information with you. The final thought is I became quite fascinating. And, and again, in, this, uh, in my book, Shrink Money Advice, you know that I talk about angel investing. So these, these are primarily angel investments. I talked to a, a company through email again that I was quite interested in digging deeper about. I wanted to dig into this company. They, they were a company that produced a product to help organic farmers. Let's just leave it at that. And the technology would really, really help with, uh, with labor costs of running an organic farm. So they, they were sort of in the middle or just finished a, a, a private placement. So I, I sent an email to the founder and I said, you know, I'm interested in looking deeper. Maybe we invest. I told him a bit about our investment fund. We invest small amounts up to $25,000 in startups, which they were. Pre-revenue, which means they hadn't, hadn't made any money living on grants and all that other stuff. And uh, I said, would you be interested? Is there, is there another opportunity to get involved in, in the raise? And the response I got back was that basically, you know, for 25 grand, they, they wouldn't even look at it. And I'm thinking, okay, this person's, you know, 20-something, uh, has never earned a penny in their life on their own, and arrogant and entitled, and I would never do business 
with them. And and that's, you could say, well, boy, that's a pretty quick uh, summary of, of how, well, well, think about it. We all work very hard if we, if we have any money to invest, whether it be in publicly traded stocks or companies or real estate, or in the case of today, we're discussing angel investing. And for someone to say that, it tells you a lot about their lack of character, immaturity, and entitlement. And do you really want to be in business with someone with, with that kind of a profile? And my answer is no. And I did a, a, a courteous email back, and I said, you know, uh, unfortunately, in pretty much what I just said on the podcast here, and, and hope I don't think anything will change uh, until they crash and burn, and maybe 20 years from now they'll wonder, because it's, a, it's an industry that's, you know, in California, there are many companies that are quite advanced in doing the same technology. And I'll leave you with a final one. We're, I was extremely interested in investing in a company that helps with the uh, administration of vaccines and, and, and medication. This was, this was, I think uh, COVID had just started, but it was a Canadian company. And I was, was quite fascinated by what they were doing. So I contacted the CEO and said, I'm interested in investing in your company. Uh, we need to do a phone call. So we did a phone call. And I remember I was out cutting firewood. And I, I turned off the power of the chainsaw. We had this conversation. I said to him, uh, tell me a little bit about what you're doing. Well, you know, we've been at this for, I think they've been at it for more than five years, trying to figure something out. And the, the product that they provide, again, it's a product. So you, you have to think, is this going to be a toaster someday? And I had done some research on the competition. And some of the major players in pharmaceutical instrumentation were already involved in the same space. So this wasn't, uh, you know, the first to market, or this was, this was, this was going to be an interesting, you know, challenge. Uh, they had patents, but of course you have to protect those patents, and that takes money and lawyers and can take forever, and large companies can basically crush you. So my opinion was it probably was a great investment for the sense of the, you know, they'll sell the patents, and within a year or two they'll be out of the business because they won't be able to compete. In speaking with the CEO, he indicated that one of their goals of the current raise was to build somewhat of like a factory to produce the actual material that would be administered by their instruments. So they were going to move from a, you know, the instrumentation, medical instrumentation business to actually creating the product on contract for those who develop different vaccines and so on. So it's a totally different. They're going to manufacture basically vaccines, let's say as opposed to the product that delivers them. That's an entire, and then when I said to the, I asked the CEO, I said, well, what's the profit margins? Like, how do you, what's the, well, he didn't know, or he said very little, or it's not, we just want to do it so we can sell more of our, of our delivery product. I'm thinking, did you think this through? Do you, do, are you a business, what, what business are you in? Are you in the business of, you know, medical instruments, this certain product that's really exciting? Or are you into the factory where you create, you know, medications or vaccines? And obviously I didn't invest, but there was a lack of focus. So often I find, I mean, they might, I hope they do great. I, I, I mean, you always want that. Even even the, you know, the arrogant uh, person who said 25 grand wasn't worth talking about. You hope they're very successful. You never have, I never have malice or, or anger or anything. I hope they, they become the next, um, you know, Twitter or whatever. But to not have those answers and still be in the position of, of having investors give you hundreds, tens of millions or millions of dollars is quite, quite interesting. So that's a bit of a glimpse into the, into the um, angel investing. And remember that the question you should always ask 
show me the numbers. So if you're involved in a charity, if you're involved in investing, if you're involved in real estate, you want to see the numbers and put some context to them. One of the things this time of the year we give to charities, I'm sure you do too, and one of the questions we always ask is what percent of the dollar goes to administration and what percent goes to the people? That's, that's asking to see the numbers. And if someone can't give you that answer or don't know or don't want to, or they give you the answer and you're not happy, then you walk. But you, you should ask that question. Show me the numbers. I'm Hank. Remember, I also work at thewildflowerbeefarm.com. We appreciate your support. All of those of you who have helped us in our quest to convert our 50-acre farm back to the bees. Excited about 2021. We're almost there with this vaccine. Hang in there. It's going to be an incredible, incredible booming times for a while after that. After a significant portion of us have the vaccine, it's going to be uh, perhaps, I, I obviously didn't live through it, but I'm going to do some research on the Roaring Twenties and how that led to the Depression of the early 30s. So let's let's remember we have a few months left. Listen to whatever they're telling you to do in your communities, whether it's wear masks, socially distance. In, in Ontario right now, we're under lockdown, so we're not doing anything. But, you know, when we see Facebook pages, we see so many people out there still getting together, still meeting. So we're going to have another few months of uh, difficult uh, COVID here. So in the meantime, take care. See you next time. You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com.